Welcome to Carefree and Conscious with me, Suzanne Wilson, the Carefree Medium. If you enjoy this type of content, please be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Today on Carefree and Conscious, I died and spoke with God. Now I'm a healer. Today's guest is Deborah Martin. Deborah is a world-renowned intuitive healer and an International Research Lab certified medium with the Windbridge Research Center. Her skills have been scientifically documented. She is a spiritual coach, a survivor of three near-death experiences and cancer. Her most recent books are Proof of Miracles and Doctors, Faith and Courage. Deborah had her third near-death experience on 1-21-12, where she went out of body and had a conversation with God. From this experience, her mediumship abilities heightened and she was given the gift to heal. She has her own unique technique and an amazing story that will inspire, challenge, and uplift you. And now, carefree and conscious, I died and spoke with God. Now I'm a healer. Deborah Martin, welcome. Thank you for being here on Carefree and Conscious. Oh, I just feel so honored. Thank you so much. Well, we're honored and I want to get right into it. You have had three, not one, not two, but three near-death experiences and some very interesting things have happened here. And they've allowed you to grow as a spiritual teacher, as a healer, and as a medium. But before we get into that, how are you working with people? What kind of modalities are you using today, right now, with all these beautiful gifts that you have? Well, I've combined my healing method with my mediumship. So that's helped me with the healing because, as you know, when we see spirit, we see when they're in the room, we can hear them, right? So in my healings, I'm seeing spiritual surgeons, I'm seeing loved ones come, I'm feeling the presence of God. And as a medium, we can also feel when spirits in the room, but now I can feel on my body for their body where they need to be healed. Wow. So it's, it's, it's like you are in their place in a way, spiritually speaking, you're feeling it. And, you know, I got to tell you guys, I have had my own healing treatment with Deborah and my dog, Baron, who many of you know, he's Baron Von Blessings. Yes, I am that person. He's had healing with Deborah, in which she gave some very important information about a chronic condition that he had, which later uh, the doctors had been, uh, they just had been flummoxed, like what's going on here? And she turned out to be right um, to the point where one of the vets says, now, who is this lady? Who's this lady that could diagnose this through energy work? So, and I've known you for about 10 years and you're one of my very most respected colleagues. Um, I have this great history of sending people to you with excellent feedback. So I know all about you, but our audience may not. Can you take us back to that very first near-death experience and just walk us through what happened? The first one or the most, the one where I received the healing? Well, we want to know about when you talked with God, and I know that's the most recent one, but were they different? Tell us the like the different circumstances in all three. So the first one, I really wasn't using my mediumship abilities at all. 
And it was the same night um, that Princess Diana passed. And so I was watching it. I was out with a group of friends and we were watching it on TV. And when you're seeing something like that, you know, it hit us all at that moment watching it. And so I remember getting in the car and I was a single mom of three going, I don't want to get in the car. My friends were all joking, you know, like, ah, just get in the car. You're just worried about what you just saw. I didn't know what a premonition was then. Right. And so I was receiving this premonition, like something's going to happen. Don't get in the car. Well, I proceeded to get in the car and before impact, we were on the freeway and before impact, I knew to say, no, not now. I'm a mother of three. And then the bang. Now, how did I know to say that? Wow. 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 Okay. So that that opened my mind. Yeah. That opened everything up. Like we, you know, the whole spiritual journey, where did this come from? How did that happen? And we were saved by divine intervention that came and got me out of the car and he had taken my ring. My ring was smashed and it was bleeding. And he took it, put it in his mouth, put his teeth marks on it, took it off my finger, went to the left. I looked to the right. All the fire trucks were coming, looked to the left, and he was no longer there. And no one ever saw him. Who do you think that was, Deborah? I just feel it was a divine guide that was there that was... He saved me, but he also saved me in another way, a way of opening my door to the spirit world, showing me, oh, who was that? And I had proof with the teeth marks. So he, he, there were so many levels of lessons in that one really impactful moment. I, I got to tell you, I've got goosebumps already. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've read this account. And this is in which one of the books? I don't recall or offhand. Which book is this in? You know, I get lost. <laughs> get them all, you guys. <laughs> get them all. Okay, so now you've got the wake up call. When's the next experience of leaving the body in? So a near- the next one was the day after I was engaged. And um, I was driving to a friend's house. I was in a left turn bay, just sitting there, you know, waiting for traffic to go by so I could turn into the neighborhood. And I had no premonition, nothing. And this time I was hit by a man in a diabetic seizure that hit me so hard. I went into oncoming traffic. But what's so interesting is I was out of body watching this all happen before I was actually hit. And so with that happening, I remember a strong being behind me saying, are you ready? And me looking down like, there's just no way I'm going to survive that. That car is going to come and, and, you know, come on top of me. I'm done. But that wasn't the case. When I said, I'm not ready, I woke up in the back seat of a, what was a four-door Honda into a two-door Honda. Um, I flew from the front seat into the back seat with a mouthful of glass. And I can remember two gentlemen at my door saying, we were trying to get him off the road. We were trying to get him off the road. Are you okay, sir? And he goes, no, I don't know what just happened. I should, I should have killed her. But someone took my steering wheel in the last moment. And I remembered that. Oh, my goodness. And that probably he's already in shock because he's had an accident. Now he's got to be really just head spinning, knowing that somebody took that steering wheel. 
I never got to speak with him, but that whole NDE was like, okay, we exist somewhere. And spirit has a voice because, you know, someone talked to me, somebody gave me that choice and I came back and that opened up my mediumship. Okay. The first one didn't do it. You have one near death experience. It gets your attention. Somehow you have precognition, you know, it's about to happen. But that didn't get your attention into the mediumship. Why? What's different about the second near-death experience? Well, the first one was just opening the door, you know, going to conferences. What is this all about? Second one was like, I heard something. I saw something. And it kind of reminded me of when I was a child seeing spirit. So I was like, something more is here. And then I, I started dabbling in and, and, and talking to spirit. And that's when I went to Dr. Gary Schwartz and said, is this real? Love it. Okay. So guys, the wake up call is, it's not like snap of the fingers overnight, your life has changed. You know, we have to integrate that experience. We have to integrate it. We have to figure out what we're going to do next. Now let's get to the really amazing experience. You had a conversation with God while you were dead. What happened? Okay. So I was sick and dying and Mayo Clinic couldn't figure out what's wrong with me. And I was in a lot of pain for months and I was down to 90 pounds. I lost all dignity. You know, I, I was the mother with a child at home that was in third grade and I, I wanted to die. I, I no longer wanted to live. So I was asking and begging, just take me, take me now. Interesting. Here comes the mediumship. I saw a spiritual surgeon come into my room and I go, Hmm, what are you here for? And they started performing working on my body, but it was so, so painful. I said, how am I going to get through this? I know I have to, but I got to remove my mind. And how am I going to do that? And so like in meditation, we breathe, right? So I took a deep breath. And when I did, I was now out of my body traveling upward into this beautiful, beautiful light. And I come to a stop and I go, wow, well, this is nice, but I'm the only one here. I'm looking around and I'm like, but I'm not in any pain. And then I saw this big being. Now people always want to ask, well, what did God look like to you? And I could describe it, but that might not be your God. And I believe he comes in many forms. Tell us about that. Why would God come in many forms to different people? What's the point? Recognize him because we all have different beliefs. Our human beliefs are are our core, right? So God's going to come to us in what we believe and how we believe. And so my God came with this beautiful tall being wearing the white robe, arms out like this, and now holding my body. So now I'm like, okay, I'm watching my body being held. I didn't really put two and two until after I came back and thought about this. That was my spirit watching. And so he took my body and put me on this beam of light. And we went into this cave. It was like a white dome. And I said, why are we going here? Here, here I'm questioning everything. And he's like, because I don't want anyone in the universe to hear. This is between you and I. And I remember this long piece of paper. It was like I was sitting down at a desk. You're standing behind me. And I see all this, all this stuff. He's like, this is your lifeline contract. And I'm like, hmm, never heard that, right? And he said, you need to go back. And everything will be reversed. And I go, does that mean my health? Like, I'm not going back if I'm sick. Mm-mm. 
So he said, um, you'll go back with other gifts. You will have a new mission. And I heard um, voice was going to be one of my missions. So I thought my mediumship was going to heighten. I didn't think anything of it. And so when I signed the dotted line, it said 121.12. And I heard, remember this date. All numbers are reversible and so is this. But God said that if I stood in this oath, God would also stand with me, that it was his oath to me as well. So when I came back, I can remember almost like being underwater. You know, somebody holds you underwater for a long time. You're like, I got to breathe, right? And I can feel, I felt myself going into the body. And I was like, what just happened? And there were no more spiritual surgeons in the room. And it wasn't like I was miraculously healed at that moment. I had to think about it. I had to feel it. I had to feel to heal. I had to, I was, had to sit and write what I was really holding on to deep down and walk through it. So in about six months, I was totally healed and they never found out anything. Mm -mm. Okay. So it's still a mystery why you were literally wasting away to skin and bones. Organ systems are failing. You leave the body and you can see your body from out of it. And you're having a conversation with God. You're seeing that there's some kinds of uh, agreements that you've made before you've come here. So to play a devil's advocate, no pun intended, why wouldn't God just tell you exactly what your mission is, exactly why you're being sent back and completely heal you then and there? What's your theory on that? Well, there was hardship. Had I known all the hardships that I had to go in old in order for him to continue to mold me and also for him to see that I really, really had the trust into doing this, that could I really um, walk the walk, so to say. So one, by me having to feel to heal, that's something I have I brought into my own healings to help people. Another, I had to lose everything that was stable in my life my foundation, my marriage, everything. And I had a loving marriage. He was a wonderful man, but this was not the path he chose to do. And he kept saying, why you, why are you chosen? And I said, I don't know, but I have a mission and I made, I took an oath. And so rather than us fighting, he allowed me to do my journey and he's doing his journey. And it's hard. It was hard. If I knew that there's no way, there's no way. I would have done this because, you know, you might've said, whoa, 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 wait, can we make some revisions? definitely. In fact, I did say before I leave, can I just see my parents? I really missed them. And he's like, nope. Why? Because you'll never leave. So see, there you go. Uh, That, that, that's it. And the date one 21, 12, And how has that continued to be significant to you? It feels like it's sort of almost like a linchpin for this new life that you have in in some way. It's like every year I see it come about and it takes me right back to that day. But I see how each year leading from that, all the lessons I've learned. And I'm like, I mean, we, we all are going to continue to live and learn, but sometimes I'm like, really, do I need to learn more? Like, can this stop? (laughs) Like, 
because, you know, then I got cancer and I'm like, come on, what does that mean? Right? Well, let's move into that cancer. I'm, I'm thinking you're healing so many people at this point. And, you know, some people just like a, a neighbor two doors down or somebody from remote across the other side of the planet or a big celebrity, all these people are coming to you for healing and the healer gets cancer. Walk us through that process. Excuse me. <clears throat> Walk us through that process of you talk about loving the cancer, loving the treatments. I guarantee you there are people listening, watching that are going to go. It's a battle. It's a challenge. It's a battle. I have to defeat. I have to defeat. But you have sort of a different experience here that maybe we should all take in. Can you talk about that? And I have to thank you because I remember when it first happened to me, I was like, how are people going to take this if I'm a healer and I have cancer? And what if I don't heal from this? You know, because what am I, what am I going to do? And I can remember calling you and telling you some of the lessons that I learned and you inspired me, write the book. This is good. This is good information. And so, you know, writing the book, not knowing the outcome, it's like, oh my gosh, what's, what's going to lead to, but I can tell you that was another lesson God wanted me to have for being a healer because healing someone with cancer and you're working with them, you feel you have, you know them, you feel you have that compassion, but I, I never would have known this type of compassion without having gone through cancer. Now I'm on the same side as them when I'm doing a healing. So what happened to me, what I've learned in this journey of having cancer, and I shared it along the way with my doctors and, you know, they hand out the t-shirt. I still wear it today, but it has a big heart and it says fight cancer. And I said, I'm not going to do that. And they said, but Deborah, we're fighting cancer. And I said, no, I need to love my cancer. The reason why is our bodies are magnificent. And when something happens to us, we become frustrated with our body. Frustration causes resistance, right? But if you have a child or a pet that's sick, you don't just go get out of here, fight with you. You love them, you hug them, you embrace them. And that love is part of that healing. So I talked to my cancer. I talked to my body. You know, you've been magnificent. You've done wonderful things for me throughout the years. We got this. Let's work together as a team. And show me what you want me to learn from you. Because once I learn the lesson that you are giving me, then I can say goodbye to you. And I remember calling it, this is the beast. You are my beast. But at the end, I saw the beauty in the beast. Ooh. And the book is Doctor's Faith and Courage. Mm -hmm. And you had signed a copy for my mom and uh, mailed it off to her. And she said, uh, you know, people call her like an angel lady. She's very connected her whole life. And she said, an angel wrote this book. Oh, thank um, you. To know that someone with um, such a a loving vibration would be able to suffer this much and then come back and teach us is 
possibly the highest gift of all that you can give. And she had breast cancer, went through mastectomy and radiation and was fine in 10 years, almost to the week it came back. And then she went through it again, it came back. And now she's about five or six years cancer free. So when she read that book, she was like, she did the same thing. She was talking to angels, talking to God throughout it. And she thanked everybody that put anything in her, (laughs) if they were sticking needles in her or whatever. And so you guys have so much in common, but I think the, you know, and our live audience here today is our, our carefree souls community. Um, put in the question box if you have questions about this, because I know we've got some folks here that are going through cancer now or had it before. How did you make that shift from I'm going to stay? How were you? No, here's the better question. How were you challenged to stay in a state of grace when your body is like falling apart and the treatments are making you so sick? Do you know that that was the first thing that was the hardest is I have 18 pills, chemo pills that I have to take a day. And I said, I got to bless these. This is part of my healing. This was made for me, not against me. And I can remember the first time I would, I would have a little dish every day, place them in the dish. I'd stand in front of my picture where I feel God coming through a picture of Jesus. And I look in the eyes and I would say, thank you and digest. Thank you and digest. Because really this was part of what was going to heal me. And it was hard, but it got easier. So that attitude of gratitude really, really helped. Walking with it, the doctors could see a difference in my health, right? They could see that, okay, this, I'd say this is a shitty day. This is, this is just, I'm having an awful day. And they'd like, no, you're having a great day. No, I'm not. I'm not. And so, The doctors were part of my team because they knew how to raise that vibration. But Deborah, we see people much worse and you are doing so much, so much better. And I'd walk out going, I'm doing so much better. Hey, I might be grouchy in your place and go, what do you mean? There's people worse off. That's (laughs) not helpful, hopeful and healing. But you were, you, you worked to stay in that state of, I call it a state of grace. But did you know even then that this was going to make you an even more powerful healer. I mean, people from all over the world seek you out. Did you know where this was going? I did not. I I didn't know if I was going to survive. And um, all I know is when I was was going through that process, in the beginning, I would do like one healing a week. And I was like, wow, I feel even more clearer. It's like everything, you know, was out of me. And I never felt, not just in the healings, but I never felt such a stronger connection when I was going through treatment than I do now. And I have a strong connection, but it is just like, I think what happens to us humans, humanly, is we worry about tomorrow or what's happening today or what's all this stuff that gets in the way. But when you're going through cancer, you don't know if tomorrow will be here. So you start to live in the now and nothing else matters and you just feel so connected. And obviously you, you're very connected. Now I, I'm going to move into a, a very sensitive topic right now. You've just attended a memorial service for one of the dearest friends of your entire life. 
Is it okay to talk about that? Yeah, I get the chills. Ooh. Yeah. Do you I feel do you him know? here? Father Tracy, tell us about tell us about Father Tracy and your relationship and how that evolved. It, it seems like an unlikely relationship. And tell us, tell us about that. So Father Tracy lived a life of love and action. And so that's how I can describe him. He was a, a reader and he read every book and he didn't have a closed vision. His vision was broad and his heart was open. And so he served as a priest for 78 years. He was 103 years wow. old. Wow. Brilliant, brilliant man. And he read my books and he requested I come meet him. And I can tell you, we were so in sync. We wore the same colors when we first met. I have pictures of us. But we had time to talk, just the two of us. And we, what he said to me was, I've done 78 years of priesthood in the Catholic Church. He's a, he came from Ireland, a Roman Catholic priest. And he said, and you were on a spiritual journey. And here we meet together on the same platform knowing the same God and the words he said to me, and I'll never forget. He says, out of 78 years of all the people I met his bishops, I just, I get choked up. I've never felt as close to God as I do with you. And that statement there, it was like, I was getting my wings. Getting your wings. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Can you describe that that feeling and what did that do? How did that transform you in some way? It was like God saying, you know, sometimes we need proof or we feel like, oh, we need a certification or we need a, a, a PhD after our name, right? Um, it was like God put him in my life to say, like, here's somebody that is really does the work of God preaches. That's all he does. And he's saying this to you, you earned your wings. You know, do you feel that there were past incarnation connections between the two of you? Do you feel like there was part of that overall? <laughs> You're asking me that. You're so <laughs> I asked you a question. Yes, I know, but we had <laughs> talked about that, him and I, and we said, um, I think we knew each other in a, in a past life because he would always say, I have a love for you that I cannot describe. And I can remember him calling me when he thought he was on his deathbed, but the man just had like, he kept going and going. And I remember crying. He said, I have to call you because this is probably the last time I'm going to speak to you. And he said, um, our love is really special, but it will never leave us. And I will always be there and I will continue to love you. And I know that as a medium telling people, right? But you have a priest telling you. And he shared stories. And when he shared stories, I said, Father, how did you know that about that certain person, that that certain person had a son that was in the war? How did you know that? He goes, I don't know. It just kind of dropped into my mind. I said, you're using mediumship abilities without knowing it. And it was such a, 
an aha moment that we shared. It's, it's, um, it's incredibly special and it's incredibly rewarding. And I happen to think you were due for some nice reward here on the earth plane for the suffering that, that you've been through. I want to switch a little bit into, is there a dividing line for you between mediumship messages and healing mediumship? Because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that there's healing mediumship, there's trans mediumship, there's art mediumship, there's evidential mediumship. And a lot of times we have more than just one gift. So how did, how does healing and mediumship come together for you? And how do you, do you, can you separate them out? Um, They're different because people say, well, I want the healing with the reading because I do offer that. So, but they don't understand that my readings are different readings. I'm talking to you on the phone and spirits talking through me. Right. And you're trying to get as much evidential um, mediumship as the spirit wants to give you. Now in a healing session, I'm removing my humanness aside and I'm being God's instrument. And so whatever is going to come through, right? I have no idea. But if you say I want a reading with it, what it means is, okay, well, who do you want to connect with? So let's say that you lost your daughter, right? And this has happened. Um, It's on a YouTube. One of my YouTubes is the woman from UK had a back injury. I don't know anything that that she needed healed. And I remember seeing the spiritual surgeons coming here, but I remember seeing the daughter. And I'm like, the daughter's here. She's touching your shoulder. Now you're not listening when I'm listening. So in a reading, you're on the phone. In a, in a healing, you're somewhere else sitting in your quiet space while I'm listening, healing, and recording. I can't have any interruptions. Because if God comes into the room and has specific words for you that only you know, that's it. That's it. He might take you on a spiritual journey where I help you leave your body. Some people will actually feel that they did go there. Some people will feel like I just visioned it. There's no right or wrong way. But so now I'm seeing spirit, let's say on a spiritual um, journey, I'm hearing spirit. I'm feeling the daughter. I'm watching and witnessing and telling. It's like watching a movie. It's different, but the words are still coming through. And so it's just, I'm always in awe. It's like so miraculous what all transpires in every session. And when I'm done, I go, oh, wow, that was a lot. And now I have to like transcribe it, send it off to, you know, around the world and go, let's hope this is right. (laughs) You got to have that trust, right? Yeah, it's everything we do. To integrate the experience. I know years ago when I got off of your table, I, I was just, I was in, it's almost like a state of shock. Things would happen and it's documented in one of the books, but I, I would taste medicine in my throat and I would taste like a metallic taste. And then you say, the spirit surgeons are putting medicine in you now. And I'm like, <laughs> Whoa. And I would feel, and I actually had marks on my neck and no one touched me. We were in the same room, but you never touched me. And you were saying they're working on your throat and we documented the marks on my throat. 
afterwards. I mean, there's just, there's so many things. It's, it's just undeniable. That right. It's- and that's in proof of miracles. And that's when I was doing um, in person, but I'm not doing in person anymore. They're all distant. Well, here's the thing. You, you did barren from distant. And I don't know if it's even more powerful from distance. I don't feel like, you know what it, I think it is? Like people want to see us for the, the evidential mediumship reading. They want to see us in person, but then they get there and they're so nervous Right. That I feel like sometimes that's the flow can't is not as good as it's if not. And and know. the other thing is, a woman said to me, which I love the way she said it. She said, "You know, I really wanted to be in person with you, but you described my body being like this: the right side lower, the left side higher. Had I walked in, you would have known that you would have noticed that I had lost the left side of my breast. There it is, but because I wasn't." there and you described that that made it even more profound right so we don't want to I don't want to feel your energy I don't want to talk to you before or after I just want your picture and if you want to tell me what's what's wrong with you that's fine I put it into my prayers but I don't limit it to that because if it's if somebody says I have brain cancer yeah I want to go to the brain but what caused it right so there. Yeah, it's so it's so much better to to not be nervous, not be in person, not be be looking at them for an evidential mediumship reading or a healing. And in Baron's case, how do I tell a dog sit on my lap and sit still because you're <laughs> about to have a session? And I know what time it's starting, but I don't know when it's going to end because it was just going to end when it's supposed to end. No clue. We didn't set like thirty minutes, forty minutes, an hour, or whatever. Well, he was still that whole time. Um, and people were walking by the window and he didn't want to go see who they were or anything. He was very chill. I wasn't doing anything with them, but I noticed at a, at a certain time, he just jumped straight up and ran away and then started looking out the window. So I noted the time. And then when I got the transcript, that was when your healing with him ended. It's just, it, it's, I was in awe with Baron. Awe. Because for one, people will wonder, you know, can your animals be healed? Baron um, likes his things the way he likes them. And he and and so I, as soon as I took his picture and held it up in front of the picture of God, say, okay, this is Baron's day. I heard Baron say, you know, I like some lavender oil. And I said, okay, Baron, we have, um, our language has become universal. And now I hear you and you want me to put lavender oil on your head. And it's like, no, I'm not going to put lavender oil on your head. And he's like, yes, you have to, this is something that I want you to do. And I can remember going, okay, okay. Do I have lavender oil? Cause I don't bring oils into my sessions. Right. So I found it, rubbed it on my hands, um. went into the session and I voiced that on the MP3 for you. That you this did. Is you, I, I'm falling off my chair because here's the thing: lavender can be good or not good for dogs. It depends on the kind, how much you use, where you play it. 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 Yes, a lot of dogs, and it's it is for some dogs. It doesn't work. At night, I put the tiniest little bit on my hands like this, and I just barely touch his head. And it just, it seems like he just loves it. You know, he, he wants more, but I'm like, no, this is all you can have. So to even have that was like, okay, well, I, I we know that this is real. We, we've, we've, we've got, we've got, you have so much evidence. You've been studying scientifically. 
I got to ask you now a really hard question. And I have my own theories. I want to hear yours. Why are some people not meant to heal? No, that's a hard one because um, I ask that question too, because every time I go into a session, my intention is thank you for healing this person. Okay. I believe every person receives a healing, but it may not be in the form that they wish. And I can remember this man, I worked with him for a long time and he, he wanted to sponsor my healings. He was going to be like, I'm going to work with you. We're going to, we're going to do this together. And he died. And I said, I remember getting under my knees. What the, you know, what, what, what he was going to help. He was my helper. What did you take him for? And the message was to let you know, you're not in charge. This is not about you. And the moment you think it's about you, you will lose your power. So that's why people have to sign waivers too, to, so that they understand this is not up to me, but I'll give you my all. Yeah. And sometimes like one of the persons she was dying and wanted a healing. And I'm like, what could I give her? Should I allow her to have a healing? What do I do? And God says, do not deny her. And she had fear of dying. And what happened with her as words came through to her saying that she was worthy and she was told she wasn't all these years. And for the last two years of her life or two weeks of her life, she felt she was healed completely, but she lasted two more weeks. She, she lived like she was completely healed because she was healed of the, the one thing that held her down. And she, she, she emailed me and said, you healed me of my worst pain. And that was better than healing my cancer. I was like, what? So, so there's something like, like they can get inner peace or, you know, maybe some pain relief, even if healing isn't on the path, it sounds like. Right. Well, emotionally, physically Mm -hmm. or spiritually. So, you know, there could have been emotional pain that needed to be healed and then you'll heal it in time. In fact, I just received an email today that said, the guy said, and this was in 2019. He said, I just re-listened and I got more awareness from my healing. So it keeps giving and you keep growing and you keep healing. So healing can be a process as well. Uh, I just looked in the question box from our live audience, the Carefree Souls, and Diana uh, actually asked, do you connect to determine if a particular client is meant to be healed or if it's their time before you work with them? I do not because I um, do not want to limit what I am doing. I know that you'll be touched on all levels and it's not up to me. So if I connect and say, God, will they be healed? Then I'm still the one orchestrating the session. If I go in and say, okay, here we go, let's go. It's like taking a roller coaster ride, guys. You never know what you're going to, what you're going to experience. And when you get off, you go, whoo, that was quite the ride. And that's what I do. And I'm on my knees and I'm in gratitude every single time because not once the same. And if I could share each and every story, I would be writing books after books and never have time to do healings. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Donna would like to know, do you think we are always given the choice of when we exit this earthly plane? No. Uh Uh, 
Why not? What what would be what do you think is the reason why we're not always given a choice? Because I, you know, like I had that um I was taken out of body in that car accident and I asked, you know, an out of body experience I'm witnessing this. What what did I learn from? I came back to tell others that people that have learned in, that have died in a horrific way, whether they were murdered, whether they um, were decapitated in a car accident, they were out before their body felt it. Okay. So some things, some choices that we make in life, there's consequences and we might take the wrong turn. But that does not mean that when we get to the other side that we're upset or that we don't accept and are happy where we're at. So that's the difference there. Um, it's called free will. Um, there are times where, yes, this was meant to be and this was part of your life span contract and you and your with children, you know, you guys made that this is what you are going to. I'm going to leave before you, you know, this could be the what you both decided. I did a session once where this girl had a hernia and she was suffering so much from it. And her twin sister showed up in the room and I go, not sure if you knew you had a twin sister, but she's here. And she says, the reason you have a hernia is because I bailed on you and you felt abandonment. She went back to her mother and said, was I ever a twin? And she's like, yeah, but I never thought there was a reason for me to tell you. Oh boy, that that's that's the well, way to find out. <laughs> so, is there an answer to that? You know, I think we're not the ones in control, and when we get to the other side, we will know if that was the choice that we made or if it wasn't. But for for my advice to anyone that is struggling that lost a loved one, know that they weren't in pain when they passed, and also know that. If it does make you feel better that that feels like that was a choice that we made, then own it because that's your intuition speaking to you. Okay, good. You know, you and I think a lot alike. (laughs) Free will, absolutely. There's a mix of free will and broad stroke planning before birth. I think I've never subscribed to that every single thing is part of a plan because it makes us sort of like puppets and not empowered. But I think there are things that are just inexorable that are in there that are going to happen by the, by this, you know, by the same line of thinking, because there's a mixture we're co-creating all the time. And speaking of creating, what is this shirt that you've created? I know about army for love, but tell us you have an army for love shirt on. What does that mean? Yes, I will tell that, but I want to tell you what you were just saying. If we say it's always one way we stop learning. Oh, this is good. Okay. Listen, this is good. Right. We don't want to stop learning. It can't just be one way. Anything. No extremes. No extremes. Not always. For love. um, I was in a radiation treatment under this big machine. And I heard you need to surround yourself with an army of love. And so I started thinking, what does that mean? Create the people around you. That's going to bring joy. Do not allow the people that are going to bring you more anxiety more um, concern. Um, I chose not to share with everyone because I didn't want the energy going out there. Oh, poor Deborah, did you hear? Right. Um, And the number four is one of my favorite numbers, but it's like, 
There's four sides of us. Spirit stands in front of me. They help me walk through it. Spirit stood behind me so I'd never fall back. And spirit stood on both sides walking me through it. So whether you're dealing with cancer, an illness, loss of a loved one, or you just want to create an army and wear your shirt because you're all going on a family vacation together, this is my army, create your army and know that you're never alone. And that's what it's about. So when I went through treatment, I would always say I have my army with me and I never felt alone going into those, you know, infusions or radiation treatments. And so I made sweatshirts because with chemo, you get cold. I made hats because people lose their hair. It's just a beautiful feeling of knowing that we have our army with us at all times. And when we wear it going through something like that, it's like, what can you give a loved one when you can say, I'm part of your army and they wear that. They don't forget it. Ooh, that's powerful. Our, we all have armies for love. Hey, listen, uh, Maggie wants to know, is it necessary to suffer or experience tragedy to have one's gifts activated? No, some people just are automatically born with it and they just ride the wave and they know right away they don't have any fear. For me, when I was a child, it was kind of scary and it wasn't acceptable. I think nowadays children will, will, will automatically be embraced with it, right? If you have a mother that, like if my child started doing that, I'd be like, great, let's use it. I wouldn't sh shove it under the carpet. Ooh, don't tell anybody, you know? Um, so no, I don't think you have to go through a tragedy. I think we're all born with it. I think we all have the gift of it. It's whether or not we want to practice and open that door. Okay. Uh, here's a question that was emailed in um, by someone who couldn't be here live in the community today. And it's, I read about the uh, psychic surgeons. I think she's talking about the surgeon doctors. Mm -hmm. What do they look like to you? I have to know. <laughs> okay. So they come in surgical, um, surgical um, gear. You know, they have the masks on, they wear the, the whole, the whole shabil. Um, and somebody had asked me, were you scared on 12 when you saw them coming in and they, the surgeons and they're going to cut you open? And I'm like, well, it wasn't like, do, 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 they're going to come kill me, right? You just, I saw the spiritual surgeon wearing their gowns and I knew that they were doctors. So some people also say, well, I don't want just doctors healing me. That's a foreign that's foreign. I want God to heal me. Well, I believe God works through those doctors. It's just, it's a form of me knowing the doctors are working here and here. God's in the room saying this It's all one. And we are all one together as one unit. And that oneness, what I call is love. I love it. I love it. Um, Mary would like to know, I think I have healing abilities. Does that mean I should quit my job, become a healer? How do I know my next step? Is there a process? I need some advice. Okay, well, first of all, you'd have to see, like, where are your abilities? Are you healing people? Um, are you in a state where you can financially support yourself? Because this isn't something that you can just say, okay, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to be, um, we all know that we, we don't get rich over this right? Um, this is something that we do to give to others. And we sacrifice a lot to do it. Um, being a healer, it takes a lot out of your body, just like it does with mediumship. So really think about that. Because 
it's draining and you have to learn how to rebalance. You have to have boundaries. Have you, have you learned boundaries with spirit? You know, who's coming into that room, you know, really set your stage, get to know who you're working with. And if you are at that level where you know those people and you have, you're ready to, to open that door, then, then it comes to put, put it in God's hands and say, all right, I'm ready. Bring the people and open the door. Yeah, and, and pay attention to what's getting your attention is then the synchronicities start, don't they? When you right, well, doors will start closing on you where all of a sudden you can't do your work. Yep. Right. So it'll all happen, but I, I really think like really pay attention to where you're at because we all have different abilities. Not one of us is the same. So um just and know who you're working with. Well, I have a follow-up question from Wanda. Are the surgeons then former human doctors or what are they? Interesting you say that because I have asked that and I feel like they, I do feel like they have the skills of the doctors, of the physical doctors, because I'm seeing some of the surgeons. um, I remember talking to Dr. Evan Alexander once and I said, you know, they went in with this one tool into the brain to do a brain surgery. And I described it. And he's like, oh, yeah, we use that tool. I'm like, like, he's thinking, oh, yeah, no big deal. And I'm like, that's a big deal. Right. So I'm seeing some of the tools sometimes that are being used today. So I'm thinking that these are doctors that have used these tools before, but that God is working through them, giving them the permission, the ability to work on the body. And they look like human humans to me they don't look like angels okay so this is you know and there's a resonance as mediums we know a resonance like i know i've got a resonance of an angel approaching or res resonance of right. a whatever. so yeah. you know that you know yeah. it's interesting because um we've both worked with evan alexander before and he was the first guest on the show because i was celebrating the 15th anniversary of my life-changing near-death experience and he's done some um, videos for you talking about the healing he's had with you. Yes, yes, yes. He's um, had several and um, very, very pro- profound. And that's how we became friends. Um, and that's the other thing. It's personal healings and readings. You, you know, Suzanne, they're personal. So when you have something like this, keep it sacred, only share it with those you want, because people will poo poo it. And then you start to dissolve it and not own it. And it's important that you stand in your own truth. It doesn't have to be somebody else's truth. Wow, that is extremely well said. Uh, a, a member named Kathy here, I think would love to say something to you. I've just glanced at what she's written. Uh, I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know you were. <laughs> oh, we're just hearing your voice. Oh, that's so, Kathy. Uh, I I briefly read a, a comment that you wrote about an experience that you had with Deborah. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. What happened? Oh my gosh, Suzanne, I'm so embarrassed. I thought I would just like give that to you to just to give to <laughs> Deborah. Um, she's a joy. So. And you, and I think she'll start knowing who this is. Um, uh, my son had passed about a year ago and she was the one I just was led to her. And she gave a reading um, for my son, Sean, and she was able to deliver so much information, um, even information that I didn't, I was like, no, no, no. And she said, no, just please write it down, you know, and, and I found out it was real. 
since then, I've had unbelievable connections with Sean and my own, and my own mediumship is just blown up. And, um, I just, she's, she's, I really strongly feel just this, um, healing that took place in my soul and heart, but also for my son, Sean in spirit. I really, uh, so I don't, I feel like this healing, um, Deborah, you're just so wonderful, but just the, the healing extended beyond just myself. I really feel in my heart that it just surrounded my beautiful boy and, um, you know, because they're still here with us, aren't they? You know, just in a different dimension. So, well, I, I know you weren't expecting me to, to put you on, but when I read <laughs> that comment, something happened in my heart chakra where I felt lifted up and I thought if everyone watching or listening can hear your voice, they would feel it too. So these kinds of healing mediumship change people. They can make immediate changes. It depends on how things are integrated, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm just so deeply grateful. I don't know how else to say it other than just big white shining light around me. <laughs> wow. Um, and it was something that you didn't expect, right? Like these healings are so different. So when you listen to it, it's like, this is, this is more than what I could even imagine. Beautiful. Yes. And, and for, for me, of course, as, as a mom, it's, it's, it's not, for it for me it's like one thing but knowing in my heart that you healed and surrounded my son Sean on the other side i just know that you just i just saw this visual of him he was in white light and just almost like throwing a you know he was 22 when he crossed but just throwing like a a boy up in the air and just surrounded by white light and just um just flying high i don't know how else <laughs> to say it. it but just that feeling it's just and Love you guys, it. this is not a setup. I didn't know Kathy would be here or had an experience or whatever. But like I said, sometimes I just got to go with my intuition and put somebody on. So thank you, Kathy. We oh. appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not a setup. In fact, I was shocked and nervous when I saw that I had to talk. So. <laughs> you did good. You oh, did my good. goodness. Okay. Thank big, you. Big hugs thank to you, you, Sean. Thank you. Thank Susan. you. So, Deborah, we're running out of time. We could talk to you for hours. I have spoken with you for hours before and yeah. every minute. Is there a thought that you want to leave us with and how do people contact you? I think the best thing that we can all do, no matter what we're going through in our life, you know, life is challenging, no matter what happens in our day is to take the moment to just breathe and, and give yourself a hug really do because we don't do that. And just, you know, that's telling your body, that's telling your soul, I do love you. So if you guys could all just take a moment just to, you know, take that, breathe, you feel peace and bring in that love and feel it. Not only are you hugging yourself, but God is also hugging you at that very moment. Or your For love. some of us like me, it's the first hug I've had in a long time. Oh, yeah. Yes, it feels good. You never know. You yeah. never know, right? But we can hug ourselves. I think as we do this, the guides and angels and loved ones in the light are hugging us too. Yes. And even from behind you, because I felt like somebody was behind you, grabbing your hands, holding you, Suzanne. Like no, this. I felt it. I tilted back a little bit during <laughs> this, you know, um, I, I'm off camera uh, a lot when you're speaking, but I'm like, I'm tilting. I'm like, why am I tilting? <laughs> I'll take it. It's love. Deborah Martin. Thank you. And I just want to thank you 
you know, I just feel like we've become really good friends. Um, it's easy to have a conversation with you, but you bring out the best in me. So <laughs> thank yes. you for that. And uh, thank you for all your listeners too, that did tune, tune in. Okay. That's awesome. You bring out the best in me too. This is wonderful. Thank you both. Fabulous. So inspiring. Thank you. I think it just mic drop right there. (laughs) (laughs) Deborah Martin's website is goldenmiracles.com. Thank you for being part of Carefree and Conscious.